Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. I'm Tanya Hart, and today we are chatting with one of America's greatest actors of our time. So excited. Ruben Santiago Hudson has appeared on stage, the big and small screen. He's won so many accolades in the industry, including a Tony, NAACP Image Awards. I mean, there are just too many to mention right at the moment. And once again, he has joined the cast of... BET's hit series, The Quad. He stars in the show as Cecil Diamond, Georgia A&M's revenge-seeking marching band director, and makes his TV directorial debut, Ruben Santiago Hudson. Welcome to Hollywood Live Extra. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm feeling good. It's just good to talk to you. I feel much better. <laughs> well, we wanted to give you kind of a, a somewhat of a proper intro, although I got to tell you, you have had so many credits on so many things that we've seen, both on the stage, on the screen. Like I said, you've produced so many things. But right now, let's just talk about the quad and then we'll get into all the other stuff. Cool. Okay, so you're directing. Have you always wanted to do television directing or is how did this happen? In all honesty, I I never really had my eyes set on directing television or film. I've always been a stage director, and so that has always been my heart and soul. And and, um, the chances came for me to direct television, and after some prodding and pushing and uh, sit down and really think about this, this this, this would be great for you, and you'd be great at it, uh, I took the the shot, I took the leap on the quad, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Wow. How is it different from directing stage? Well, in stage, you're mainly telling the story with words and visual. In, in, in TV and film, you're, you're telling, you know, it's motion pictures. It's, a, it's more about the pictures you can create. So mm-hmm. you, you, you're telling story as much through the pictures as through the dialogue. On stage, it's a lot more dialogue. Still, you have your pictures, but everyone doesn't get that clear close-up. On, on, on television and film, you have the opportunity to, to do different shots and go from different perspectives, whereas in stage, you really don't have that kind of flexibility. Right. Well, you know, here it's always to me, the really, I always just, I'm amazed at people who can actually star in the show, be in the cast and direct. Now, on this particular episode, I'm assuming you're in the episode as well, so you had to direct yes. yourself. I have I have four pivotal I think about four or five pivotal scenes in it, so that was a challenging to say the least. You know, sometimes I'd get so caught up into the directing aspect of it that I would forget that I'm supposed to come into this scene. Then I'd go running over <laughs> and click into my character and fall right into it. You know, but I just wanted to be careful when I uh, was in the scene with another actor that I wouldn't try to direct that actor while we were performing or right after we performed. So I would take the moment to break away from being the actor and go into the position of director and try to look at it really in a different way and then talk to the, the, the actors from that perspective with, with a lot of respect. Wow. You know, that I said this is really tricky. I think most people don't really understand the intricacies of this because you guys make it look so easy. The directors make it look easy, but mainly the the actors on stage uh, make it look easy. You have been... In so many things. I mean, Another World, All My Children, you know, the in, in New York Undercover, NYPD Blue, Touched by an Angel, The West Wing, Law and Order, and my favorite, New York City Police Captain Roy Montgom- Montgomery on the castle. And then they killed you off in the finale. I was yes. so upset. You were upset. <laughs> you know, my kids were getting ready to go to university. I didn't understand it. I was sitting there saying, what? Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to get... 
I have twins going to universities. You're not telling me this is going to happen, right? And they looked right. me in the eye and said, yeah, yeah it's going to happen. We, we want to do what we think is best, you know, a dynamic for the show. And I said, well, if that's your call, then I'll just keep working as hard as I possibly can and make you proud and, and move on. And that's what I did. Now I'm on the quad, not only acting, but directing. They could have had See. that on Castle. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, here's the other thing. Castle is gone and the quad is now on. <laughs> and we want it to keep going. We want the quad to keep going. And that's why it's great when I get to talk to people like you that have influence in communities and, and have a lot of followers. It's really, uh, really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Well, also, you know, I have a long history with BET. I, Bob Johnson actually brought, how I got to Hollywood, Bob Johnson brought me to Hollywood to really create BET's West Coast operation, which I did many years ago. Um, and needless to say, that worked out pretty well. <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> for a whole lot of people. You know, what can I say? But, let, you know, let's talk a little bit about your story because people see you. Um, you are really such a great character actor. And and you've done, like I said, so many things. I, you appeared on Broadway in Jelly's Last Jam, you know, written by George C. Wolfe. And then, of course, uh, your Tony performance in August Wilson's Seven Guitars. But your story is kind of interesting because you come from African-American and Puerto Rican heritage, which was really a kind of a different challenge. Tell me a little bit about that when you first moved it, it, to New York. It, it was a, you know, as a, as a young boy, as a young kid, it was more difficult because kids like to tease and, and mess with you. But as as I got older and, my, and the people that raised me, Nanny, who I wrote the movie Lackawanna Blues for, mm-hmm. uh, about... Um, you know, always instilled confidence in me and, and, and made me feel that I was worthy and more than worthy for, uh, of anything that I wanted to reach for if I wanted to work hard enough for it. Because they made me feel that, that when other people made me feel I didn't belong, they made me feel Nanny did and, and my godmother, uh, Maddie Overton. And they always made me feel really good about who I was and what I was. And, and I ended up being very proud of my Boricua and my black mixed roots which uh, uh, gave me a more expansive uh, opportunity to, to, to enjoy cultures in even a more expansive way because I'd be in Puerto Rico with my father, you know, playing uh, Bombay and, and eating pasteles and pernil, and then I'd be, you know, with Nanny eating black-eyed peas and cornbread, and then I'd be, <laughs> you know, it was just so, it was, it was wonderful. And I, I grew to really love the fact that, that my culture was, like most African-American people, a very mixed culture and a very expansive culture. Uh, a lot exactly. of things, like particularly if you go to places like New Orleans, you get a lot of mixture. Uh, I didn't have to go to New Orleans. I was in Lackawanna, New York, and got a lot of mixture. So it was really wonderful, but exciting, and, and it was enough to, to write the movie Lackawanna Blues from. I know, which did very, very well award-wise. And just on, that was on, H. was it HBO? Lackawanna HBO, Blues, yes, it was. Yeah. Is was on HBO. So, but as an actor, especially in those days, I mean, you know, we have always been having this discussion about the lack of roles for certain ethnic groups. So I'm just wondering, being black and Puerto Rican, it's like I'm sure that there were folks who said, well, you know what, we we don't really need Puerto Ricans. And then there were the folks who said, well, we don't really need black folks. Uh, you know, did that, did it work like that for you? I'm, how did that yes. work? It was that way. The whole, the whole, the, I never was what they were looking for. I made myself what they were looking for. But I walked in the room and convinced them simply by the talent that God had bestowed upon me that I was what they were looking for. They don't know what they're looking for. They think they don't want this. And they think they don't want that. And then you walk in the room 
and, and through the grace of God, you, you you drop it on him and it'd be like, whoa, don't let him out of here. <laughs> Please book him. <laughs> who is he with before he can get too far? Because somebody's right. going to snatch him. And so, so the, my key it was always to be as fine as I could with the, with the craft that, that I have chosen to, t- to take on, which is entertainment, which is acting, writing, and directing. And all I wanted to do was be the best that I could be. And I knew there would be a market. If I could distinguish myself, you know, by, with excellence, there would be a market for, for, for what I was selling. And, and, and it, wor- it worked out that way. I, you know, through the accolades and different things that people bestowed upon me, which I didn't, I just wanted to be as good as I could and know that I'd worked this hard and I left nothing to be, no stones unturned. I just want everybody to know that you're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart, and I'm so excited because today we are talking with the inimitable Ruben Santiago Hudson from BET's The Quad. So, you know, let's get back into, you know, we've been talking about your life story, Ruben, but on The Quad, uh, you you play <laughs> this, uh, like a band director type of guy. Tell me a little bit about that character. You know, he's the type of guy he is the guy. He is the band director, <laughs> Cecil Diamond. You know, at, at historical black colleges and universities, the, the marching band is, are the rock stars of that campus, unless you have the, an extraordinary football or basketball program. And then there'll be a tie. But the marching bands perform at the White House, at Super Bowls. Uh, they have Battle of the Bands. So the battle, the, 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 the band directors are royalty on campus. Uh, I get the opportunity to play uh, one of those... Um, kind of characters you know but <laughs> i have i try to bring many dimensions as i possibly can i'm firm i'm strong i could be mean i could be loving i could be vulnerable uh, frail and then powerful uh that's all about the writing when the writers give you those opportunities and if you have the facility as a director i mean as an actor then you can go there they give right. me they give me those opportunities there on the quad i'm very very uh taken care of uh, in that respect Oh, that's great. But And you know something, there's there's a whole other message here, too, about the uh, historically black colleges, because they've had some difficulties in recently, you know, just in terms of keeping them open, keeping the doors open, and keeping students coming there. Why are they so important? We know the history of it, but why is it important that we allow these colleges to continue and grow in today's world? The historical black colleges and universities are extremely important because they are the keepers of the culture when it comes to education. If I go to any other school, a state school, a private school, uh, uh, they, they don't really care about African-American history, culture, integrity of who we are as a people. Uh, the black colleges, the historical black colleges and universities, that's part of their mission to make sure you know as an African-American person who you are. The, who, who you you are an extension of royalty, an extension of innovators, scientists, leaders, teachers, religious figures, um, parents that that are very proud. So it's I cannot ex- express to you how important it is for for historical black colleges and universities to thrive, not just survive, to thrive, and they do. Some suffer and some thrive. We have to even that out so they all thrive. And, yeah, and I we, think the quad does a good job in showing uh, that uh, that part of our, our culture uh, in its all all its ways in the good, the bad, and the ugly, the beautiful, the laughter, the joy, you know, all the things, the hard parts, and and the nice parts. Exactly. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Stanley uh, Nelson's new documentary that he's done on the historic 
black colleges as well. And I thought about it when I thought about the quad. I'm like, oh, good. We really are starting to get a lot of people in the media to pay attention to this again. You know, well, the, the, quad, so- the quad has a, we do things no one on television does. We have football teams and football games with, with a thousand people in the stands and we have hundred hundred piece marching bands. So right. no other show on television can do that. You know, well, so I applaud BET for taking that shot and Capital Arts for taking that shot. And I just hope that they continue to support it so people can, we as people can experience this incredible life that takes place at historical black colleges and universities. Exactly. And of course, the quad airs on Tuesday nights on BET. Um, and in this particular episode, that, what's the title of the episode that you direct, by the way? I am not your Negro. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> From James That's Baldwin. A good one. From James From Baldwin. James Baldwin. That's right. Okay. And there was a movie out last year about that. Documentary. That same title. Documentary. documentary. It was quite incredible. Um, speaking of incredible, what is on next for you? Because I mean, you just keep you know coming up to bat with stuff and just making those home runs. Well, what's coming up next for me is uh, Dominique Morisot, who's an incredible writer uh, out of Detroit wrote a trilogy of plays about Detroit, and, and I've done two of the world premieres. Uh, the one I'm getting ready to do th- this spring is called Paradise Blue, uh, and I'll do that in New York City off-Broadway at the Signature Theater, and that'll be immediately followed by my uh, Shakespeare director uh, debut, the Delacorte Theater in New York City, Shakespeare in the Park. I'll be directing Othello in Shakespeare in the Park in New York City. Wow. So those two big projects are coming up uh, for me. And right now I'm pushing that quad because I want the quad to live. Yes. I think the quad is going to do quite well for BET. I really do. Um, You know, I'm so proud of them because they have really taken scripted stuff now and and done very well with it. You know, kind of gotten away from what it was way back in the day. So uh, good for them. And mainly good for them because they've got you there so <laughs> they'll be fine <laughs> well well you know tv is a strange place to be uh, because you look up one day and everybody thinks you're doing great and then you get a message saying you're not picked up and that's the everyone loathes that but that's a part of the business and part of life so i encourage everybody to watch the quad so they don't have an alternative there's no alternative about not having us continue they have there no choice go. but have us continue we're hit so I'm looking to help make this show a hit with people like you. I'm, um, like I said, I'm so appreciative that you take the time to help get it out there and let people know that the quad is something to see and it's worth your time. It is absolutely worth everybody's time. And we are so pleased that you took your time to spend with us today. Of course, the one and only Ruben Santiago Hudson from BET's The Quad. And you are listening to American Urban Radio Network's Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. And don't forget to subscribe to Hollywood Live Extra on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. Make sure you download all of these, honey, because you don't want to miss any of them. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. Ruben, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, I hope you see the, the show Tuesday night, 10 p.m., BET, The Quad. We got it. We got it. Thank you. And this is Hollywood Live Extra at AURN.com. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.